Welcome to the Focus Forward Business Podcast for StudyMcKee.com. Hi, welcome, and thank you for listening or watching the Focus Forward Business Podcast, where we share the journeys and stories and lessons of amazing entrepreneurs. I'm Sturdy McGee. Uh, my programs help business owners get sort structure out of chaos, make more profits, make the world a better place, and I am your host for the podcast. And today, I am very, very happy to bring you uh, Rashi Bari Chitnis, a founder at Shunya Digital. Thank you so much for being here today, Rashi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you. Oh, me too. Me too. Will you please tell the folks listening a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yes. Um, yeah. So I am the CEO and founder of Shunya. And Shunya is a platform for children under the age of 10 to learn and play with multiple languages with world and world cultures. So we design our own cartoon characters. Think of them as Disney cartoon characters. Put, put together with Duolingo, where we gamify language learning. And it's a digital platform. Currently, we have a single iOS app, and coming soon, we'll be on Android as well. Very, very cool. Um, so how did, how did you get started? What, what compelled you to do this? Yeah, you know, my background is really in film and television. I've you know been in the media industry for more than 20 years. I came to U.S. to do my master's in filmmaking, and I moved to Hollywood, and I worked there for many clients like Warner Brothers, NBC, Discovery, and I story, produ- I story produced content, directed short films. Um, so I wasn't really thinking into getting into ed, ed tech, but then I had kids, and when I had kids, I really wanted them to learn my language, which is Hindi, and I would see them watching such amazing content in English and just learning from them. You know, there's just so much amazing content. If you look at BBS, Nickelodeon, like so much content out there for them to just absorb. So I, I assumed that, you know, there would be stuff that I would be able to find for them to learn Hindi. And for my American-born kids, when I was trying to find content, I was either shipping DVDs from India, which just did not work. The NTSC and PAL at that point of time did not work. And then um, just the content felt pretty dated and they couldn't relate to that. So I was surprised to find that there is just amazing content in English, but not in other languages. And when I started speaking to other parents, I found that it was not my pain point. It was really a pain point of all parents. So when I spoke to expats who were all my friends, I was like, what are you doing for your kids? Do you have content for them? They're like, no, we struggle with them. We get books, we get DVDs, we go on YouTube. Nobody really wanted their kids at that point of time to go on YouTube because the advertisements would come in and you know, the market is shifting heavily into game-based learning versus passive learning. So I started seeing, well, this is a problem bigger than mine. And I was extremely involved at Montessori where my kids went. I was getting inspired by Montessori's way of education. And I thought, wow, I wish I was taught like that. So that kind of got me involved in sensorial work for children. So I think it was my professional skill set of wanting and knowing how to um, build content in in entertainment and my desire um, of wanting to do something for my language and other languages that I started tinkering around. 
with this platform. And before I knew we had started, we were hiring designers, animators, and we'd put, uh, you know, we'd put a shop in our garage and we started doing the voiceover artists. My kids did the voiceovers. My friends <laughs> did the voiceovers. The Spanish teacher did the voiceover for Spanish. We have five languages, English, Spanish, Hindi, Telugu, and Marathi. You know, it was about five languages. So it's like kind of started really tapping into my community and said, you know, I'm making these cartoon characters. I need voiceovers. My kids will do it. So it just kind of evolved. And before we knew, we had released one iOS app. And now that's, that's the world I live in, EdTech. That's awesome. So is there anything about the startup journey, the beginnings that you wish you had done it all differently? Oh my God, so much differently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I have to go tell somebody, I, you know, I come from the product world and I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs come from a product world. And especially for me, because I, I come from filmmaking and the whole concept is you create a pilot, you take it to the distributors, they like it, they get, you know, it, get picked, it, it gets picked up for either 16 seasons or 16 episodes or something like that. But the concept is you make, you know, build it and they'll come. Mm -hmm. And that's so wrong when you're doing a startup because <laughs> in startup, everything should be data-driven. You should go test out the market, test out the, you know, validate the product, get enough marketing, generate enough traction before you build the product. So if I, if I did it, if I had to do it differently, I would say, hey, do not heavily invest in, in the product because it's going to iterate and change so much, you know but um, invest in the other aspects of the business as well. That's great advice, great advice. So you, I mean, you really worked on developing and making sure you had an audience and product fit before you really took off and tried to, or, or maybe should have done that before you really built it out and made it fun. Absolutely, absolutely. Pro you know, entrepreneurs usually come from product because they're fixing something that they see as a pain point. It's a pain point for them. Right. And then when they build it, then they're like, okay, well, how do I find customers? You know, and the first, <laughs> it's a, it's a typical, pro it's a typical startup problem, I would have to say. So that was my learning curve. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, so why did you choose or decide to pursue entrepreneurship and owning your own business in the first place? You know, it felt, felt, I fell into it organically. It just, I just, as I told you, I kind of started doing it for my own kid. We released the app. We started getting a lot of emails from parents. Hey, can you do it for my language? Can you do it for, so we started scaling into multiple languages before I knew I had, I, I was like, okay, this can become much bigger. And so we started conceptualizing an idea where it can be a device agnostic platform. So I started going on the journey, even not even knowing that I was on a journey. Um, and so it just became my full-time thing. And I love it. So because, you know, I've, I've produced shows so I've, I've worked with budgets, I've worked with teams, and I really like that aspect of stuff. And then I've directed content, and I've also written two feature screenplays and, you know, written content too. So I lo love the creation aspect of it. So I really like being involved uh, when we are thinking about the concept 
and the first UX design was all of the, all of that was done by me. So I like that product aspect mm-hmm. to it, and I like the producing and the business aspect for for um, it. And I think that's that's what an entrepreneur is like. You kind of have to wear a lot of different hats, and I think I was with, you know I enjoy doing that. So um, one of the things we talk about on the podcast is like time, getting things done, because that's always seems to be a challenge. We're pulled in multiple directions and not, not just at work, right? Family, home, all the rest of it too. Um, what advice or tips would you give to a business owner who's struggling with that tension and not having enough time? Oh my God, I wish somebody would give me advice on that. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I struggle with it every single day. It's like you fix something and then some, and you, you, you think you just got, you're just able to handle it and then you just go under again and then you have to figure out another system and then you have to learn another software. I mean, in the last year, I have learned so many softwares just to enhance productivity, not only productivity, but just like this team is scaling. So now we have to go on to another Jira platform. What different mm-hmm. elements to bring the team together and then you get hit by a pandemic and then you go under and then you have to learn how to hire on online and then you have to learn how to um, onboard your team online. Um, so I I think the only advice I have is to be extremely hands-on and be involved and, and iterate, iterate fast enough because you can't have a plan. Like, you know, if you had a product manager was doing it and they would have a plan because in a startup world, literally this plan changes every single day. You get some new data points and you're like, okay, I learned something. Maybe let's experiment with that. So you have to be very, very lean. And that whole lean mindset, lean methodology, I think, you know, that that mm-hmm. helps a whole lot. Cool. Thank you. Um, so what challenges are you currently facing in the business? How are you working to overcome those? Um, I am wondering which challenge to point out to. They, you know, they're... Uh, for us personally, I think the the biggest challenge in the last few months have been that our app was only on an iOS platform, and mm. Apple released a privacy policy, which made it marketing to customers really much more expensive. And um, so we have to figure out how to reach to our customer base. We we are a kids app. We don't advertise on our platform, and you know. So I think those, that's the challenge we are f- figuring out. We how to find the exact customers. We figured it out, but but the platform changes. So I think being able to get in front of your customers and get get in front of them cost effectively, I I would have to say, is the one of the biggest challenges. Oh, that's a that's a great one. I think everybody can relate to that. Um, so, what's your proudest moment in business so far? I think my um, I have proud moments, small moments, small proud mm-hmm. moments 
on a weekly basis not like a, you know and it's 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 small accomplishments that you you are able to handle like for example um when we talk to customers, like last year when we were talking to customers because of the pandemic we started finding we were a freemium based model and we went on subscription and we came on subscription at a higher price point and when we started to speaking to parents we were very nervous we were going subscription we were going at a higher price point we saw that our conversion rate actually spiked people were paying us higher price point at a higher conversion rate you know so it was a small pride, proud moment oh wow the app is working oh wow the customers are happy then you know sometimes as a team you're able to pull together a team and resolve an issue so i i don't know if there is one big giant moment but i mm-hmm. think it's the, it's it's the small moments that get to the bigger bigger moment like for um i don't know if you know but we won the spirit of entrepreneurship award in science and technology this year and right. we were surprised um, to get that award because we were competing with two amazing women one from you know doing something in medical devices another doing something in aerospace and we thought we are the small company but then to be recognized for the work we do and for the execution we build you know we very proud of the ability to execute as a team and to stay together and to be there for each other we are like morning meetings every day uh these are small moments of pride um mm-hmm. that we all relish now that's great and i you know love what you started with because that really validates the value that you're bringing to your target customers to the folks that you're serving they as you said their price went up the conversion went up they were willing to step right into that with you that's awesome and congratulations on the award too i think i sent that to you in a message at one point yes yes thank you thank person. you that's awesome yeah yeah no that was that was really exciting um so what's the biggest thing you've learned recently that you wish you had maybe learned before starting um shunya or maybe 10 years ago you know there's a lot um i wish i had learned how to fundraise you know before i got into the business because that that is something that i had to learn on the job i um i wish i knew about um, you know i don't know there's so much i wish i knew <laughs> but i think fundraising well, was definitely like a, one of the things that from the from the world that i come in filmmaking um I I had no idea and I wish I just knew the lingo the lingo and mm-hmm. how to go out and raise money and raise capital I wish I knew a little more of that before I started the startup Well thanks for that yeah that's that seems to be a black box for a lot of people we don't know what to do um so how about this can you share like a favorite business book or article or something recently that you're that you've read or heard Yeah, I I uh, yeah, definitely. I there is a book on recruiting that I really enjoyed reading and that's called Who. I don't remember the author, but it's a it, it's a really good book about about who is the right hire and recruiting is a big thing for startups or for any company. So that's a, mm-hmm. that's that's a good book in terms of the podcast that I listen how I built it um 
uh, is a podcast that I listen to and I really enjoy that. Um, so yeah, those would be my favorite. No, those are some great resources and we will look up, uh, I'll get the author and the link and stuff and put that in the description um, in the notes too for the, for the Who book. I appreciate it. Um, so any other thoughts you want to leave us with before we wind down? Um, what you, well, maybe even before that, what are your next languages? What are you going to be branching out into? Yeah, I, you know, I get requests for language every single day. Oh, I'm I, sure. I, I, today I got a request for Punjabi, day before I got a request for Arabic. And, you know, I, I mm -hmm. uh, Tamil is another one. So there are a lot of languages mm -hmm. that we'll be bringing um, in the coming year. But I do get requests from a lot of parents for different languages, and I'm glad that they, they, the requests are for, um, you know, languages that nobody else is um, making content for. So, so that's that's really nice right. to hear. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, any anything else before we wind down? I've, I've loved hearing um, your story, by the way. I love love what Junya does. Thank you. I don't know. I mean, is there anything else that that is that would bring um, knowledge or value to your customers? I'm happy to answer. Yeah, that's. This is just kind of a catch-all. If there's anything we haven't covered that you'd like to share with people, sometimes there's like this, you know, something you've thought this of along bit, the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, just lessons. It's anything that can benefit the owners. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, entrepreneurship is pretty hard. And um, yes. it's, oh my God, I wish I knew beforehand, I would be, uh, I would have stayed away from it maybe. But you know, <laughs> either you have a bug for it or you don't. It's like a bug. You, you got to try it. You got to try it. And when it starts working, you know, and when, and especially if you are on a mission, if, if the mission of the company is bigger and beyond you, then uh, along the journey, people start assembling around you because they love the mission of what you're doing and they they want to see that mission. Like, for, you know, for example, in 2019, that's when I raised my first pre-seed round. Mm -hmm. We were just in a startup phase. I was going around and speaking to investors. The investors that backed me up were the impact investors, are the impact investors. And the reason they backed me is because they want to see an impact for children. You know, there's just, uh, I mean, there's so much research out there that by Tufts University shows, you know, there are more than 1,500 cartoon characters, 75% of them are white. The characters of color have, are very stereotypical. One third of the bad guys have a non-American accent. I mean, all research, they, they were aware of it and they're like, you know, what you're doing, we love, we want to support you. And uh, so when you're on a journey, you don't know what gate you're going to open. And so you shouldn't mm -hmm. get scared. It's so hard. You used to think, you know, maybe you'll give it, you'll stop it because getting a job would be much easier. It would pay you more. But then along the way, you partner, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, you'd, it, it would pay you more. Along the way, you'll partner with people that are so driven by the mission and they come and join hands with you. And that's just amazing. So the entrepreneurs out there that are driven by their own mission, I would say don't stop. Um, give yourself a timeline. And if you can 
get through it. I mean, you will find people that will join your journey and they'll become like my investors have become my greatest mentors. They'll check on me and they'll ask mm. me to, you know, they just mentor me because they care for me and they care for the growth. So that's, that's awesome when that happens. And I would encourage all the entrepreneurs to really uh, have that persistence. Well, and that's a great share too. Thank you because people, I say this sometimes to clients and others and is people don't work for money and they kind of go, wait, what? And because everybody wants to, you know, incentivize or retain their staff by paying them more. I'm like, that's, that's a part of it, right? But people are driven by causes and purpose. And I mean, if they weren't, there wouldn't be, you know, Little League or Girl Scouts or, you know, church groups or whatever, they're driven by something else above and beyond just the monetary thing. And if we can marry those two, you know, that can be hugely impactful and it is a huge opportunity for entrepreneurs. Yeah, I mean, you know, my first director of engineering who's with me full-time today too is Andrew Duncan. He he was, you know, uh, one of the first people at uh, go-to meeting that was acquired by Citrix. So he'd seen an exit and then he'd been a UCSB professor. So, you know, somebody who's seasoned, seasoned engineer. And he came and sat in my garage and we have these pictures of us in the garage with kids' toys all around and without a salary. And he, he just worked, we worked and we loved it. And we, I would make lentils and we would have all the steam and we would eat together. And we, it's just because we loved what we did. We had done everything else. We'd made money, but I, this, this was something much more full, fulfilling and is much more fulfilling to our hearts. And now we have more of similar kind of people in our team. And it's so much fun. It's hard, but it's still fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I yeah, that, there's a, that's, yeah, because there's a cause and the cause is bigger than all of us. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Well, that's a wonderful note to wrap up on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, here, Rashi, and doing this. Yeah, I love having you on the on the show and hearing the stories. Um, thank you very, very much. Thank you. Thank you for, um, yeah, I know we had changed the date once, but uh, I'm glad my travel is over. We went gone to kind of the East Coast and met my sister and all of that stuff. So we got back last week. Thank you for listening. <laughs>